This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 72. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in iTunes and anywhere else you might be listening to the show, and to remind you to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group, which I'll talk more about at the tail end of this episode. So for this week's episode, the topic is which lenses are better, primes or zooms? Now, this is a question that I get all the time from new photographers and photography students and what kind of lenses they should buy, primes or zooms. Now, this is a topic that can stir quite a bit of debate. Prime lenses are lenses with a fixed focal length, such as the Canon 40mm STM pancake lens or the Canon or Nikon 50mm lenses known as the Nifty 50s. These lenses are not able to zoom in and out, but they are extremely powerful lenses to have in your bag. Advantages of primes is that they will be of a wider aperture than zooms. My 40mm lens, for example, is an f2.8, and my 50mm is f1.2. With the wider aperture, I can use these lenses in much lower light levels than I can, say, with a 28-135 f3.5-5.6 lens, which covers these same two focal lengths. There are today zooms that can do f2.8, but they're very expensive and extremely heavy, and I don't want to get too far off topic here. The other big difference with prime lenses is since they do have a fixed focal length, you have to get much closer to your subject when shooting. A lot of photographers like to use a 50mm for portraits, but you cannot shoot a portrait of someone from 10 to 12 feet back with a 50mm lens, as you will pick up too much of the background and too many distractions. You want to move in instead to around 3 to 6 feet, and you will get a great portrait depending on the style that you're shooting for. The prime lens will generally have a sharper focus to it, even at the widest end of its aperture, and it'll, as a general rule, cost a lot less money than a zoom. Now, of course, there are exceptions to this rule, especially when you get into the new mirrorless lens technology from Canon and Nikon, where the EF 50mm 1.2L was around $1,300, and the RF 50mm 1.2L is about $2,300. Now, of course, a lot of the reason for the big difference in price is the fact that Canon's got to recoup the money from research and development of their RF lens mounts. So you got to take that into consideration as well. Now, as I mentioned earlier, there are cheaper 50 millimeter alternatives. You can get a 50 millimeter lens from Tamron or Sigma. And even someone like Canon actually makes currently four 50 millimeter lenses. You have the 50mm 1.8 STM, or the Nifty 50, or some people also call it the the Plastic Fantastic. And the reason for that is the lens is pretty much completely made out of plastic, except for the glass elements within it, and the metal bayonet mount on the back end of the lens where it attaches to your camera. So you have the 50mm f1.8 Nifty 50, 
Then Canon also makes a 50mm 1.4, which is a gold band USM lens. It's basically the middle ground. It's not the cheapest lens, but it's not the most expensive. And it's a halfway decent lens. And then, as I mentioned a moment ago, you also have the EF 50mm 1.2L USM and its newer cousin, the RF 50mm 1.2L USM lens. And it's generally the same with most camera manufacturers. Nikon offers two or three different 50mm lenses at different price points and with different levels of quality. Now, don't get me wrong, zoom lenses do have their place. However, such as shooting in an outdoor event like a concert or a fair where you cannot always get close to your subject and really need or want to get the shot, in those situations, yes, it's great to have that handy telephoto zoom lens to get in nice and tight to the subject without risking yourself or interfering with anyone else, say law enforcement in an accident scene. Zooms have come a long way, and like I said, a nice 70 to 200 2.8 is one of the most popular lenses for any camera manufacturer or lens maker, whether it's Canon, Nikon, Sigma, Tamron, Sony, Pentax, anybody else. But it's also got a hefty price tag of up to $2,500 or even $3,000, where you can get a good prime lens generally for anywhere from $140 up to $2,300 if you get into the newer mirrorless mounts from Canon and Nikon. So yes, both types of lenses have a place in your camera bag. As a general rule, primes and zooms will usually sit in the bag peacefully without too much fighting. I do challenge you to use your primes more. Many photographers tend to get lazy or they're too shy and don't want to get close to their subjects. I encourage you to break out of this mold and thinking and get close to your subjects. As long as you can do without getting do it without getting hurt or killed in the process. I'm not telling you to walk up to a lion at the zoo and get into space with your 50 millimeter, but next time you're shooting people, say on the street, use that 50 millimeter to get up close and personal. Now there are a good deal of photographers out there that make their full-time living in photography and use nothing but prime lenses. I remember reading about a gentleman, and I can't remember his name now, in New York City. He was a Manhattan-based wedding photographer, and the only lenses that he uses are the Canon 135mm f2L portrait lens, and then he also used a 50mm um, L USM lens as well, the f1.2L. USM, and he makes a, a six-figure income shooting uh, weddings all the time in the Manhattan area using just those two lenses and nothing else. Now, the other nice thing about the prime lenses, again, they're going to be considerably cheaper in most points, uh, depending on the technology or the level that you're buying, but they're also going to be considerably lighter. They're going to have less lens elements as far as glass elements inside them. They're going to be lighter generally, although not always the case. Most of your prime lenses don't have image stabilization or vibration reduction on the part of Nikon or whatever you want to call it. So they're generally going to be less heavy lenses. So if you're somebody that likes to shoot, you have smaller hands, you don't want a super heavy kit, then a prime lens is definitely the way to go. And as I mentioned, Canon and all the other manufacturers generally have a wide selection of prime lenses that you can get for reasonable prices. Now, if you remember in one of my recent episodes in the past, I talked about the fact that Tamron was releasing some new ultra-wide prime lenses for the Sony FE mount. And these lenses were ranging anywhere from $250 to about $400. So 
definitely not uh, not a bad deal right there. You, you know, for that kind of price point, you could pick up several of those prime lenses for the Sony mount. You could get, say, the 20 millimeter or 24 millimeter, the 35, the 50, and you could have yourself a decent set of prime lenses that all had really wide, you know, fairly wide apertures. They were all f2.8 or f1.8. So it's definitely nothing to sneeze at. And it's going to give you a lot more low light capability when you're doing your photography. Now, if you're someone that likes to work concerts or shoot bands in bars or something like that, where there is always poor lighting conditions, then you absolutely want to look at one of these kind of lenses where you can get an f2.8, an f1.8, uh, 1.2. Those lenses are going to perform beautifully in low light situations because of their increased light gathering capabilities. Now, as I said earlier, yes, you can get zoom lenses at f2.8, but other than f2.8 and Canon's got a couple of them in the newer RF mount that are at a solid flat f2 zoom lenses, as a general rule, you're not going to be able to get the super, super wide apertures of 1.8, 1.4, 1.2 in a zoom lens. The lens would just be too incredibly large and heavy and super, super expensive. So don't look to get a 70 to 200 f 1.2 anytime soon from any manufacturer because it's just not going to happen. Now, when I shoot street photography, Prime lenses are king there. And as I've mentioned in previous episodes, I tend to use either a 35 millimeter prime or a 50 millimeter prime for street photography, just because I love the look that you can get when doing street photography with either one of those focal lengths. They're both fantastic. The 35 millimeter, of course, is a bit wider, so you can get more of your background behind the subject. And especially if you're using the wide aperture so that you can blow out the background, you know, get the bokeh effect going, they make for really fantastic shots when doing street photography. Now, again, as I mentioned in the ep a previous episode where I talked about street photography, you're going to have to get closer to your subject, but that's the whole idea. You don't want to be the creepy person that's on a street in a city or a town and you're shooting people from a mile away with a super telephoto lens because you're, gonna, you're not going to be inconspicuous if you're doing street photography with a 70 to 200 or a 100 to 400 millimeter lens, you're just going to look really creepy and weird to most everybody on the street. Now, some of the other reasons why a prime lens is going to be better is you can scale the learning curve a lot faster. It's better to start learning photography with a prime lens instead of a zoom because you probably won't have the convenience of a zoom lens. You'll learn to move in order, move in order to frame your shot. As a result, each photo will feel more rewarding due to the work you had to put into it. Also, you'll see the selective focus much better on prime lenses due to their wider aperture that will allow you to master selective focus a lot faster. Now, you'll also get better at focusing. We rely on autofocus a lot these days, especially those of us that don't have perfect 20-20 vision. However, it is very easy for the camera to misfocus having the wide aperture that primes provide, whether it's due to uh, sensor picking up the wrong thing to focus on, or you're moving slightly back or forth. This means by using a prime lens, you'll practice focusing as well, even though you will most likely be using the autofocus features more. 
Now the prime lenses will also produce sharper images because they're significantly sharper, especially at the edges, due to the fact that they don't have all those extra glass elements that move in and out in order to zoom. As a result, you'll get better quality photographs due to less diffraction, which increases with the higher number of lens elements inside, as is the case with zoom lenses. Now, as I mentioned earlier, another nice thing about prime lenses is you can get beautiful bokeh. Having a maximum aperture of f1.4 or f1.2 or even f0.95 in the new Nikon Z58mm f0.95 not lens, which is <laughs> ridiculously overpriced at $8,000, prime lenses generally have a significantly wider aperture with the exceptional lenses like the Sigma 18-35 to f1.8 or the Sigma 50-100 to f1.8. Having wider, ma wider maximum aperture not only provides intense background blur and very small field of focus, but it also means that the lens gets significantly sharper when stopped down. And so that's why if you've ever heard anybody talking about their lenses, especially prime lenses, this is what we're referring to when they're shooting with, say, an f1.2 or 1.4 or 1.8, and they say if you stop it down to f4 or f5.6, you hit the sweet spot of the lens. Because with most prime lenses, even though they're capable of super wide apertures, you step down closer to f4 or 5.6, you seem to hit the, the perfect area of the lens as far as its optical capability. So that's what they're referring to when they talk about the sweet spot. Now, another great thing with prime lenses and wide apertures is, of course, the bokeh, as I mentioned a moment ago, the the spectacular lights, in particular, prime lenses can deliver those really good defined spectacular light ball, balls or little round circles of light, whereas most zoom lenses just make everything blurry and smooth. It is a matter of preference, of course, but with prime lenses, you can easily make interesting backgrounds out of anything that would generally be considered boring. Now, another advantage of prime lenses, as I mentioned earlier, is you can become what's known as a low-light ninja. The prime lenses can gather more light as a direct result of the wider aperture, thus increasing the general quality of the image when you're shooting in low-light situations. If you use a 2.8 zoom lens and a 1.4 equivalent prime lens, you get two stops more light in the case of prime lenses, meaning that you can go from 16 ISO to 400 ISO as an example. Now, of course, you're going to also avoid lens distortion. Fixed focal length lenses generally have smaller number of elements, as I mentioned earlier, and no moving elements, except, of course, for the focus portion, which means the amount of distortion is significantly smaller when compared to the focal length equivalent of a zoom lens. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't any, but I certainly don't know of any that are completely distortion-free. It's just the nature of the optics and lenses. If camera manufacturers made the lenses absolutely flawless, the cost would be astronomical. If you think some of the lenses are expensive now, just imagine if they were all optically perfect. Now, primes are significantly smaller in size when compared to zooms, as I mentioned earlier, which are much more suitable for traveling and backpacking, and since they are smaller, they tend to weigh less, thus they don't wear you down nearly as much. So let's break this down, the prime versus zooms, a quick comparison. In the first place, zoom lenses provide you with convenience. They can replace a whole range of prime lenses and save you the time wasted in changing lenses, of course. The trade-off, however, is a less sharp image, heavier and bulkier lens, often more expensive, and smaller maximum aperture. 
Generally, professional photographers who photograph weddings and similar events rely mostly on zoom lenses since the pace of the event doesn't leave enough breathing time to swap between prime lenses unless they use multiple bodies. Often you'll see these photographers having two or even three bodies hanging around with different lenses. On the other hand, fine art photographers need more quality in the picture, quality being less noise, picture being as sharp as possible, and having less distortion. Therefore, they tend to use prime lenses due to the image quality they provide. Zoom lenses can be better for portraits, not that prime lenses aren't, in the sense that the longer the lens is, the more background blur you get for a, particularly, a particular aperture value. So zoom lenses can help you separate your portrait nicely from the background while keeping most of the portrait in focus. This can also be achieved using prime lenses with longer focal lengths, as I mentioned earlier, such as the Canon F1, uh, the 135 F2 portrait lens, or, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, the super popular 105mm lens, uh, portrait lenses from Sony and Nikon. I know a lot of the Sony and Nikon shooters really love the 105mm focal length for portraits. A zoom lens is the best choice for wildlife and sports photography because you will need to shoot from a distance, but for astrophotography, prime lenses are the best choice, although zoom lenses with wide apertures would work fairly well. Zoom lenses can help you to effectively compress the background and make it appear bigger and closer than it actually is. For example, if you want to make the moon appear larger in the frame compared to your subject, you can do that with a telephoto zoom lens. So to conclude, prime lenses can be a better choice for some reasons, but again, it is a subjective choice because lens choices depend on the purpose for which you will be using the lens and the genre of photography you'll be using it to shoot or what output you prefer to achieve on your images. So what are your thoughts on prime versus zoom lenses? Which one do you prefer to shoot with and why? Feel free to share your thoughts and comments in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anybody else. You can also leave your comments in the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. So I am going to wrap up this week's episode on primes versus zoom lenses. Now remember to check out the Layout Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, but you can request to join. You only have to answer one question, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam, or Liam Douglas. Either one will work. And I've also opened it up so you could give the name of any of the guests I've had on the show in the past year or so, which would be Ruben Naha. Ellie Cant, Jill Mott, John Harvell, or Jeff Harmon from the Master of Photography and Photo Taco podcast. Now, also remember, you can call or text the show at 470-294-8191 if you want to leave a question or a comment, or if you have a topic you'd like to hear discussed in a future episode or maybe an interview on a subject you would like me to do with somebody who specializes in that genre or field of photography. You can also email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. Now, keep in mind, as I mentioned in last week's episode, I will be doing another interview with the model and actress Ellie Cat in the near future. Um, she said she definitely wants to come on the show again. I asked her if possibly her boyfriend Dan would be interested in coming on the show as well because I wanted to talk to him about their new com uh, partnered uh, YouTube channel where they go on various adventures and exploring and hiking and stuff like that. I think it would be really cool to include Dan in the show, and I'm hoping that he'll say yes to coming on with 
Ellie Cat. Hopefully, maybe we can get the both of them on the show for next week. I am also planning on doing another episode with the talented Jill Mott. Her episodes have been extremely popular. Uh, we'll be doing another one later on this year with Jeff Harmon from the Master Photography and Photo Taco podcast. And I'm also working on trying to get Brett Bergram from the Master Photography and the Latitude Photography podcast on the show as well. They're fantastic people, Jeff and Brent. They're two of the five hosts on the Master Photography Podcast, and they each have their own separate shows as well. Uh, so we will see how it goes. Hopefully we'll get some more interviews going here shortly. I'm going to go ahead and sign off for this week. I want to thank you again for subscribing and rating and reviewing in iTunes or anywhere else you listen to the show. And I will see you again in another seven days for Episode 73.